Greetings, everyone, and welcome back to the Random History Podcast. In this episode, I shall be starting a new series on the First Punic War, which, as the name suggests, is the first of the Punic Wars, a series of three wars fought between the Romans and Carthaginians, who at the time were the dominant powers of the Western Mediterranean. And I will be covering the background of the First War today. So the background stretches about a, back about a hundred years before the First Conflict, and during this time, the Roman Republic had been engaging in quite aggressive expansion throughout the southern mainland, southern portion of mainland Italy. And by 272 BC, they had gained control of all of mainland Italy south of the Arno River, following the end of the Pyrrhic War with their in their victory in said war. And during that same period, Carthage which is centered or which had its capital in what was what was now Tunisia, had become to dominate a significant range of territories stretching from southern Spain to much of the coastal areas of northern Africa to the Balearic Islands to Corsica and Sardinia. And the Balearic Islands are separate from those, just to clarify, and the western half of Sicily. And this empire was both a military one established through force and also a commercial empire. And, however, they had not been able to dominate everything that they wanted. In fact, beginning in 480 BC, Carthage had fought a series of conflicts on the island of Sicily against the Greek city-states there, who were being led by Syracuse, and these wars had been quite inconclusive. And by 264 BC, however, these nations had established themselves as the, as the preeminent powers in the western Mediterranean area. And I think it was that they were actually had shared a good relations at first, Leading up to the war, they had engaged in mutual friendships through, like, the form of formal alliances before. They'd also had strong commercial links, and actually, during the Pyrrhic War, the Carthaginians had actually aided the Romans in conflict by providing them some materials, and there's actually at least one occasion where they used their navy to help move Roman troops. However, in 289 BC, a incident would happen which would cause conflict between these two nations, and this incident would be when a group of mercenaries known as the Mamertines, who were Italians, ended up occupying the city of Masana. I think there's that they had previously been hired by, by the city-state Syracuse, but they were no longer hired. At this point, they were being hard-pressed by Syracuse to leave the city of Masana, which was on the northeast tip of Sicily. And as a result, this pressure they ended up appealing to both the Carthaginians and the Romans for assistance in 265 BC. And the Carthaginians are the first ones to act. And they did this by first compe- like pressing the current king of Syracuse or kind of compelling him to not take any more action and then persuading the Mamertines to accept a Carthaginian garrison in the city. And after this took place, there actually, there actually was a debate in the Roman government and just in Rome in general over whether or not they should intervene still, as intervening now that the Carthaginians have already intervened could mean war. Of course, the war was something that many people did not want. However, some people did want to intervene regardless of that threat because they felt that the city of Masana could be a valuable foothold for both strategic and trade-based purposes in Sicily. And at this point, the Romans ended up reaching a deadlock, and they also and then proceeded to put the mat up for a popular before the popular assembly to have a vote in 264 BC. And one man, Codex, actually ended up encouraging the assembly to vote to take action, partially by promising them that there would be quite a large amount of loot and riches gained from in- 
engaging in the conflict due to this the fact that they'd be conquering or at least gaining higher control of a portion of Sicily. And the popular assembly ended up deciding to accept their request from the Mamertines, which led to Codex actually being appointed commander of a military expedition with his orders to cross to Sicily and uh, place a Roman garrison within Massana. And the war would be perceived to begin then when the Romans started landing on Sicily in 264. Be seen to think towards that at this point, despite the fact that the Carthaginians did have a naval advantage, the Romans pretty much faced no effective opposition when crossing the state of Messina. And preceding that crossing, they managed to march two legions under the control of Codex to Messana. And at this point, the Mamertines had already expelled the Carthaginian garrison, but they were still being besieged by both the Carthaginians and the Syracusans. But for some reason, actually, many sources, and pretty much all, actually all sources, are unclear as to why, but both the Syracusans and the Carthaginians withdrew from the siege, with the Syracusans' withdrawing force followed by the Carthaginians. And after this happened, the Romans ended up marching south to besiege Syracuse. However, they were not able to continue the siege and were forced to withdraw due to the fact that they did not have the forces necessary to maintain a strong siege, and they did not have the supply lines necessary to maintain their siege either. And I think there's that the Carthaginians' previous experience in Sicily, the almost 200 years pretty much, or two centuries of warfare showed them that pretty much any decisive action on Sicily was impossible as any of them any and all of their major military operations had pretty much entirely ended in huge losses and huge expenses without anything being achieved and they just thought that this war would run a similar course in, a, in addition the Carthaginians also believed that the fact that they had pretty much overwhelming maritime superiority would let them keep the war distant from them which would allow their empire to prosper at the same time as they waged war which meant that they could which would mean that they could field an army and also pay it to fight the Romans while still keeping a similar quality of life within their nation slash empire. They also believed that they could easily supply many of their fortified cities on Sicily from the sea, making it easy for them to hold on to Sicily. Now I'm going to talk a little bit about the military background, as in understanding the military of both of these nations will be important, but I will especially be focusing on not the specifically the actual combat aspects of the military, specifically army and navy. So think to that adult male Roman citizens were eligible for military service, and most of them would end up being infantry, but the wealthier ones would provide a cavalry component. And traditionally, the, when, the Romans would generally raise two legions back then in terms when they went to fight, each of them with composing of around 4,200 infantry soldiers and 300 cavalry soldiers. And they would actually end up arming a small number of the infantry to serve as skirmishers. And they ended up using the legionnaire-style formation. Why the Carthaginians went on a different basis. The, is that the, Ro- the Romans sometimes would have standing militaries. They would at least have a sm- somewhat sizable force that would operate... Even when they weren't exactly at threat, they'd sometimes they'd have a military to engage in expansion ex- operations of expansion, operations of conquest elsewhere. Why the Carthaginians, in contrast, would only use the citizens to engage in battle if there was a direct threat to the city. Usually, they would recruit foreigners to make up their army, many of which would come from North Africa. So they would see a mixture of different types of forces, such as um, both long range or both skirmishers 
and close order infantry, in addition to shock cavalry and cavalry skirmishers. They also brought in troops from both Spain and Gaul, and think of that, while these troops were known to be quite fierce, they also were known to not stay in conflict for too long. For example, if a battle was protracted, many of them would often break away, and the Carthaginians would traditionally fight in a formation known as the Phalanx, similar, and it was very similar to what the Romans did. And they all, the Carthaginians also pulled in specialist slingers from the Balearic Islands to add an additional range component to the troops, and they also would employ war elephants, as at this point, the North Africa did have indigenous elephants, which they were able to recruit. I'm talking a little bit about their navies, so both the Roman and Carthaginian fleets were worked off of quireems, which means five oars, and this was basically considered to be the backbone of both of the fleets and the main ship, to the point where actually the one of the major historians at the time just uses it basically as a shorthand word just to refer to warships in general. And a Quinn Kareem would have a crew of 300 men operating it, a total of 280 oarsmen to row it, and around 20 deck crew and officers to do the the non-rowing work, and would also usually carry a complement of around 40 marines who were usually assigned to the ship as like a permanent attachment, though in case of like an imminent battle, they would increase that detachment to as many as 120 men. Then there's that getting the omen to row as a group for both of these ships, let alone like getting them skilled enough to execute very complex battle maneuvers required a lot of training and quite arduous training. And for a ship to be handled effectively, at least half the oarmen operating it needed to be experienced, at least have some level of experience, which ended up putting the Romans at a significant disadvantage against the more experienced Carthaginians as they were struggling to field as many ships and they couldn't field as many ships effectively. However, to counter this, the Romans introduced a new technique known as the, or not a new technique, but a new sort of device known as the corvus, which is a four foot wide and 36 foot long bridge with spikes that was designed basically to drop onto an enemy's de deck and use the spike to pierce into it, which let them capture a ship or at least trap a ship in place so that they could send their their marine forces to board and capture enemy ships rather than ramming them. The thing is that all the warships would have would have rams on them, and these rams were generally a set of a triple set of two foot wide bronze blades. And the thing is that in the century prior to the Punic War, ramming had actually begun to decline. And boarding had become more common as they began to adopt larger and heavier vessels, which were not as fast or maneuverable as earlier vessels. And then, as a result of lacking as much speed and maneuverability, were much harder to ram with. And the sturdier construction also managed to make the rams much less effective. And to many people, the Roman Corvus is just a continuation of this trend and this shift towards greater reliance on boarding techniques and also allowed them to compensate for their initial disadvantage in the ability to maneuver ships. So now that I've gone the background of the episode, I'll be signing off today, but just to sum it up, the background to the, the first Punic War is that, in the century leading up to it, both powers had begun to expand, more with the Romans seizing control of the majority of southern Italy and pretty much the entirety of the southern Italian mainland, while the Carthaginians had gained control over an the coastal regions of North Africa, southern Spain, the Balearic Islands, 
the islands of Corsica and Sardinia, and the western half of Sicily. In the actual inciting incident for the conflict, which happened despite the fact that the Carthaginians and Romans had initially had quite good relationships with one another, the inciting incident was the the Romans' choice to deploy a group to aid the Mamertine mercenaries, despite this Carthaginians have already having aided them, which ended up sparking the war. And in the background to the military, the main difference between the Romans and the Carthaginians is that Carthaginians forces that the Roman army was in pretty much entirely civilians, while the Carthaginians would only send in, I mean, citizens. I mean, the Roman army was traditionally majority citizens, while the Carthaginian citizens, in contrast, would only really serve if their city was in direct threat. So the Carthaginian army was more heavily foreign-based. Both armies did rely on a mixture of skirmishers and heavy infantry, though the Carthaginians would also bring in a different, more variety of troops. Due to their reliance on foreign troops, they would also bring in the war elephants. Both nations also relied on Quincura means, which is a five-oared vessel, or five, mean, which means five-oared, and actually just have five oars, of course. And so ubiquitous was the type... So, like, so ubiquitous was the type of warship and just for them in general, and just so widespread was it during the conflict that many historians of the time actually just used it to refer to warships in general. And both of them did use this, however, the Carthaginians had more experience. Oarsmen which let them be more better with maneuvering them in terms of ramming. However, the Romans used something called a corvus to turn the ramming, con- what would initially have been a mixture of boarding and ramming to much more heavily boarding-based tactics. Thanks for listening, everyone, and once again, this was the Random History Podcast.